But your teenager seeing how you deal with their friends could influence your teenager, causing your teenager you. to make a decision about you and your principles. What's up, guys? RLTK PHX Real Talk Phoenix podcast, episode seven in the building. Yes, As you sir. can see, uh, I decided to get a haircut. Got tired of it. I thought I'd change it up for you guys, you know, since you enjoy watching our videos so much. <laughs> so lots of comments. Exactly. On your appearance. Yeah, for real. By the way, comments. Thank you for all the comments so far on yeah. all our social media platforms. We love the interaction. We love talking with you guys, communicating. The content that we're creating is for you. Uh, we want to uh, help you in any way that we can, share our experiences, share the things that we've seen, share the things that we're reading, consuming, understanding, learning about teenagers uh, for the sake of parents. And so thank you guys, uh, and we hope that this continues to be helpful. So let's lean into today's episode. Yes, sir. Uh, we wanted to talk to you guys today about friendship, specifically uh, the friends that teenagers have. And how that is shaping them, how that is making them think about the world, mm -hmm. uh, how parents should think about that, and then what role should they play in the, the decision-making process that a teenager has concerning the friends uh, that they actually like spend time with and have right yeah. in, in life, and how, like how is that going to shape them, mold them? Okay, so uh, first question of the day: Yeah, why, like, why does friendship even matter? Like, yeah. why is it even a thing? Yeah, I think for myself, when I think about this question, uh, friendship has mattered a lot to me because mm -hmm. I didn't come from exactly the best family environment. And so I think as I've thought through that, the first experience that I had of the world beyond just the four walls of my home was with friendship. Mm -hmm. And I think what friendship kind of tells you is things can be different, right? So whatever you're experiencing in home, whatever you may be going through, whether it's good or bad, yeah, things yeah, yeah, can yeah. be different and you can learn lessons from that. And so I think it's the first experience that we have of the world being bigger than just what we experience from our parents and what happens in our home. Huh, okay. Right? But the other thing is when we're talking about true friendship, yeah, is that those friendships are built on choice. Okay. Whereas with your family... You don't really have choice. You're born in, and you could leave yeah, your family. You could run yeah, away, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? But you didn't have any choice regarding the family you were born into. But you do have a choice on the type of friends that you have. And so, and, and if we're talking about real friends, now obviously there's things that you can do to compromise who you are so that you get friends. But I wouldn't call those things real friends. Yeah, I would call true. those relationships real friendships. Or acquaintances, right? Exactly. Or it's really about more about something else than it is actually a friendship, right? Exactly. Because when you think about what a friendship actually is, it's like an, a, a relationship that two people are mutually in, right? So there's no sense of one person trying to manipulate the other person to be in the relationship or pressuring them. Like both parties desire to be in that exactly. relationship with one another and they're both getting value uh, both getting something out of that relationship. And I think it's not just transactional, right? Right. But it becomes transformational because what happens is now it's not just like you give hmm. me something and I give you something, but us being in a relationship together is literally changing who we are as human beings. <laughs> That's shaping good, us, right? It's, yeah. It's molding us. It's well, making all us relationships us really do that. Think about the world differently. No, yeah, yeah, definitely to some degree, right? Like even transactional relationships do. 
But what are they teaching us? Teaching us to be transactional, right? Yeah. It's not really teaching us to like really connect that's with true. each other and really have relationship, right? And that's a good point because I think real friendship does that and makes you better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what we were saying earlier, there's all kinds of relationships yeah. that change you, but not for the better. Yeah, it's true. You know, for instance, like maybe you're raised in your family and your family sees you in a kind of way. You're kind of whatever the one who always breaks stuff or always makes messes or you're the yeah. one who's always running their mouth, like whatever the stuff your family kind of goads you about. And every family does that. Yeah. But then when you meet someone who kind of breaks that mentality off of you that your family can kind of put on you so you can see yourself in a certain way because your family just reinforces, this is who you are. This is what you're about. And then you meet someone and they tell you something about yourself that you didn't know. Yeah. And they see you in a way that you weren't able to see yourself. And that's a thing that causes you to that's want good, to, man. you want to be better, right? Yeah, they draw something out they of draw you that something you couldn't out see of about you. yourself. Exactly. Because they come from a different perspective, right? So they have a different way of understanding the world, which is another reason why it's so important. That to was have my first friends. point. You see the world. Exactly. In right? friendship. So the, the idea about that is, well, if I'm only with my family, then... Hmm. I'm only going to learn my family's way of viewing the world. But when exactly. I have friends outside of my family unit, there are all these different types of people who've had very uh, different experiences, right? Like we're all raised in the world in different ways. We all have different types of things happen Absolutely. to us, good and bad, right? We all Absolutely. have different types of socioeconomic statuses, good and bad. Uh, we're different ethnicities, right? We go to different types of schools. Sure. We have different experiences at those schools. We have different teachers. We play on different sports teams. And so all of those things shape us and mold us and make us the person that we are. And then we take that and we contribute it to a relationship and what it helps then is shape the other person and then that relationship, right? So mm. it gives uh, a different perspective on the world, what it's like, uh, what it's about, how it works, what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like it helps yeah. us uh, have a, a wider understanding, a wider worldview, if you will, Absolutely. of like the world, right? And I think that's really important, especially... Uh, in a country that is becoming even more diverse, right? Mm. Like, I mean, how many, there's a lot of people that are immigrating, migrating from different countries and all those different Absolutely. types of things. There's already a lot of people that already have migrated. I mean, the concept of I mean, America, America itself is a melting pot, right? Like it's constantly, <laughs> Everyone's I mean, immigrants except for the me, Native I'm Americans. A, you know, I'm a resident, you know, a right. green card resident. So it's Absolutely. like, I mean, even me, like, you know what I'm saying? I was, I come from another country, came out here to, to uh, change my life and to, uh, live in a different type of way mm. and that's what's happened um but yeah i came out here you know to pursue the dream if you will you know Absolutely. what i mean and so it's interesting to think about another thing i think mm. about that's as good, well man. is uh the preparation that friendship gives you for a romantic relationship so like mm. in a sense that uh when i have friends or when i start to connect with people to see if i want to be friends with them i also learn stuff about myself so what are the things that i like what are the things that i don't like uh, what types of people do I like to hang out with and why? Do I like mm. to hang out with intellectually stimulating people? Do I like to hang out with people who like to stare at the ceiling? Do I like to hang out with people who like to listen to a lot of music? Like, right. you know, it could be a people mix like of to all things, different types of things. Exactly, right? Play sports. Like yeah. me, you, you guys know, like I'll be chilling all the time. I'm, I'm yeah. a homebody, right? Yeah, for sure. And so, uh, but I like to hang out with people and have deep, stimulating intellectual conversations. And then also the reality is too that some of that stuff changes over time, right? Yeah, absolutely. So like, you might be in a space in your life where you value this and then you move into another space where you value something else. Sure. And so that whole time, the relationships that you have with people growing up help you like really get a clear sense of self, right? 
It's yeah. kind of like almost like those people hold up mirrors yeah. and help you see new angles of who you are. Sure. That makes sense. And I think that that's why friends are sometimes a better measure concerning romantic relationships than even parents are. Mm-hmm. And you see this in, in, in some cultures um, where the family is way more involved in who the people end up marrying. And sometimes what happens is the family has all sorts of reasons why this person is a good mate. And it's not necessarily having anything to do with what works for that person in terms of emotional health or any of those things because the family has values or things that aren't necessarily important to that individual who is having decisions made for them. Yeah. And so what happens many times in cultures like that is friends come along and obviously the parents can look at that and say, oh, look how terrible this is. This friend influenced my child away from marrying this great person. Well, what standard are parents using to determine that? And is it really understanding what's inside of the heart of the of the individual? And I think that that's definitely what Western culture has contributed to this thing of relationships, it's marriage. It's definitely more individualistic. Like we, I, think we swung, think that, I think it's swung yeah. too far the other way. Perhaps, right? perhaps. But like I see the value in what you're saying. Yeah. But I think... There is also this reality too. Like friends won't let you settle. You know what I mean? Your yeah, true friend will be like, hey, hey, why are you with, you, you don't love this person. Like they're not going to let you, you know, get away with stuff or do things that you shouldn't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? They're going to challenge you. Gonna be yeah, life. exactly. But I think about also the reality too that, uh, I mean, on the flip side, parents do heavily shape, heavily shape that because that's like, you know, arguably yes. our most formative relationships. And then they also affect the kinds of relationships that we get into and why and the things that we value. And many times parents are right. You right. know, I'm, We're not saying parents are wrong. I'm just saying that that is a dynamic that happens. That's good. I think also, too, one of the things to consider is like when we specifically talking about Gen Z, uh, that they value experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're really into experiences. Yeah. And so um, like how do we have experiences? I think to a certain degree – you have experiences, you can have an experience by, you know, watching something on your phone or engaging with something online. But there's a profound, more profound experience you have when you're with another human being mm-hmm. and you experience them, right? Because I don't think knowledge is simply, and I think this is once again another Western thing. Data. Yeah, exactly. It's not just zeros and ones or something you look up on Google, a blog, or it's not just information, right? It's like experience. knowledge, exactly. It's emotional, like I the EQ right emotional right. quotient right like it's a big thing right now mm-hmm. like being able to be emotionally in tune with people and what they're thinking and what they're feeling and and why and how right and so like you can't do that if you're not connecting with people you can't do that if you're not spending time with people getting to know them hearing their stories crying with them laughing with them mm-hmm. playing with them all those different types of things that happen inside of a friendship right yeah uh, and I think one of the the things that you brought up and I, I'm not even sure if you mentioned this bef- uh, yet but I wanted to bring it up is you kind of talked about this reality that in the family, sometimes it's more about compliance. Yes. Right? So can you kind of like uh, rift on that and just unpack that a little bit first? Yeah. Um, I think many times when we're dealing with, and I, I see this as a parent with my own children, that I get inconvenienced and I get afraid when it comes to the things that my child is doing. I get afraid because their behavior reminds me of things that I did. And then I get inconvenienced just because I'm super busy. And what I've found with myself is that sometimes I'm disciplining them basically on what makes my life easier. Mm. And 
obviously as a parent, sometimes, you know, you can't be sitting around while they have to be at school and having a, a deep conversation about something. But, you know, you maybe say, hey, let's put a pin in that and come back to that later. Things like that. But the thing that I always ask myself as a parent is, is this thing that I'm saying to my child right now an attempt to help them become the best of everything that they can possibly be in life? Or is this an attempt on my part to make my job easy? And sometimes making your job easy, that's a good thing, but that's not the best thing. And in terms of asking ourselves how we ought to parent, I think we should always have our our child's best interest at mind, Mm -hmm. not just our own convenience. That's good. And I see that a lot with parenting. Um, A lot of my friends, you know, they get into certain books and, you know, I learned this method and it's really helped me get more sleep at night. And I get that, you know, or it's really helped me with this or that. And, And I get that. But where's the relational dynamic with getting down into the dirt with your kid and really yeah. talking to him about life. Yeah. And yeah. unfortunately that doesn't happen in relationships with parents as often as it does. And so what ends up happening is the child feels like they don't have anyone at home that they can talk to. And guess what happens? Ding, ding, ding. Friends come along and fill in that void. Yep. And so obviously or somebody that shouldn't be, and they friend. don't have your child's best interest in mind, Yep. you know, but this is why I think when it comes to friendship, you can't just divorce friendship from those relationships that my child has at school. Those may be acquaintances. If your child has a real friend, then you need to take seriously that person's influence in your child's life. Mm-hmm. And you need to kind of look at them as another member of the family. Like you want to know the stuff going on in that kid's life. You know, you want to know what that kid's family dynamics like. Because if you don't, then the potential for that child or that person, that teenager, whatever, to influence your teen, it's huge. Now and the reality is they're going to do yeah, that anyway. Exactly. But we're saying, hey, if you have a B on how, that's important, right? Absolutely. So like, for example, if there's stuff going on at their house that perhaps you don't agree with or sure. stuff going on at their house that perhaps you think is negative or whatever else, then there could be dialogues that you have with your teenager about that. And making sure that they understand that that's not a good thing or that that's something that, hey, perhaps here's the reason why we don't do this. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. Here's the reason why our family unit doesn't do this mm-hmm. and kind of giving them a level of understanding yeah. that perhaps they don't have. Right. Absolutely. Because I, I mean, I can think of so many times where, uh, you know, growing up as a kid, I'd be upset because all my friends were doing something and I wouldn't. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Absolutely. And it, what I didn't understand is like FOMO. Yeah. Right. My family. My family had a different way of doing stuff, and there was reasons behind that. Sure. But it wasn't explained to me. And if it was explained to me, I can see now in hindsight, right, looking back, like, oh, okay, here's why it was that way. I understand it. Uh, but moving good, forward man. with my kids, I'm going to, you know, one of the things I want to do is make sure that I explain those things. So I'm like, hey, here's why we do this. Mm-hmm. Here's why we don't do this. You know what I'm saying? What do you think about so that? So your family. How do you feel about that? In your family dynamic, there were certain things that your family did that conflicted with things that your friends were doing, but your family was like, no, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. I mean, cause obviously I come from a strong Caribbean background. It's pretty authoritarian. And in that sense, and it's like, whatever, whatever mom and dad says goes, man. Right. <laughs> That's that for like, sure. There ain't no ands, ifs, or buts for sure. Unless you want to get whooped. 
You know, to be honest, <laughs> I hear you say that, and I didn't have that dynamic. Yeah. I had to learn that later on in life. But you know where I learned it from? Friends. Mm. Because that was missing greatly from my home. And, and hearing you say that, it makes me think friendship is more than, like I said earlier, just the, the relationship that your teenager has with people at school. Yeah. yeah if this yeah. is a real friend that comes into your teen's life, like anyone who's pouring into my kid's life, they're my friend too. That's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a cool perspective to have. It is. You know, and, and what's cool about that, what's cool about friendship and family is even if you think about the concept of marriage, at least in the West, yeah. friends end up getting getting married. That's a yeah. that's a premium. Do I, I mean, like I, this person? That's you interesting know? you mentioned that. So like I, it makes me think of a really good friend that I have that I grew up with. Shout out to Sean, one of my homies. Hopefully he'll come visit me next year. Uh, so he was still lives in England. And then there's another one, Sinead. You met Sinead. She's yep. come out a few times. Shout out to Sinead. Helped us with some stuff that we've been doing, videos back in the day and different things of that nature. Like I think about those friends, like those friends visit my family, even mm. though I don't live in England anymore. Oh, well. Like they'll, they'll go visit, eat dinner with my mom, check on her. They might bring Christmas presents for uh, nieces and nephews and different things of that nature. Like they're still involved with my family on the other side of the world, even though I'm not there. Right. And like I remember times where, you know, I'd show up to their house maybe early because they were still at whatever they were at, uh, like, you know football practice mm -hmm. or whatever, doing whatever they were doing. And like, I'd show up early and, you know, my mom would be there and we'd sit down and chat, catch up. And, yeah. you know, she might cook me some food. And it's like, I'm I'm just another son. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just another member of the family. And so I knew what was going on in their life. They knew what was going on in my life. Mm -hmm. I'd talk with them. Like, I'd be asking them for advice about my, like, relationships, be asking them for advice about things that are happening. And so I just remember those dynamics at play. And, and like how much that like shaped me to know like, dang, I had other adults other than my parents that I could trust, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? That I could speak to about things that were going on in my life. Like think about it, like you as a parent may be able to even uh, speak into your friends, uh, your, your, your son or daughter's friends' lives in profound mm -hmm. ways mm -hmm. that perhaps maybe they're not getting what they need in the space where they live, right? right. And so they can come to you and find, uh, solace find uh advice and wisdom and counsel and those different types of things and maybe you might be exactly what that person needs for them to turn the corner in whatever yeah, way they absolutely. need to turn it you know what i'm saying yeah. you might be yeah. an incredible influence in that person's life uh to see their life turn out for the good and not the bad absolutely you know what i'm saying and and, and the thing that i want to add to that is many times it's not just the the benefit the your teenager's friend is getting from seeing a healthy home. It's also causing your teenager to see their principles work outside of your home too. Because That's now good, you man. have a person coming from outside of the home into your home and your teenager now sees a vivid talking about learning because of experience or yeah, knowledge yeah, yeah, because yeah. of experience. So now I have a, a person in my home who's my teenager's friend that I'm kind of yeah. worried about because they have different values. But this person comes into my home and I begin to enforce my, we're not saying when a, a friend comes into your home to compromise your values, be who your family is, right? But realize other people coming in are going to be who they are as well. Yep. 
So what's the merit, right? Or what's the value to that? Some people would say, well, I don't want my teenager to be influenced. But your teenager seeing how you deal with their friends could influence your teenager, causing your teenager you. to make a decision about you and your principles, that this isn't just something that our family believes, that these are eternal truths that extend beyond just yeah. our... They can impact people's lives outside exactly. of our home. This isn't just a exactly. exactly. These are like things that actually can help benefit people period exactly no, that's good man uh, so at some point there's the protection aspect of, of parenting yeah but then there's also the preparation aspect yeah and i think to some degree right it's like when a teenager when a when a child becomes a teenager like the nature of the relationship begins to change right because they're coming into that space in life where they're thinking about college they're thinking about moving out they're thinking yeah. about who they're going to be and what they're going to do and where they're going to go and so who they're the, going to the, date. The, yeah. The nature of the relationship is changing, right? It's like becoming something completely different from Absolutely. what it was before. Absolutely. The bird is getting ready to fly the nest. Right. And so like you got to teach the bird how to fly, you know what Absolutely. I'm saying? And so if we just like try and keep the bird in the nest, then the bird's going to leave when your back's turned, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and that, or they'll never learn how to fly. Yeah. It's good. You know? Yeah. And we're, we're seeing that for sure. A lot. Yeah, I mean that's what we talked about last week with resilience to Gen Z as well. Exactly, definitely. And so, yeah, just to transition the conversation a little bit, and I kind of think we've touched on it a little bit. Uh, the influence of a teenager's friends. I think you guys have probably heard some of that in what we've already talked about. I just want to point out some things quite specifically. Uh, like, um, there's one of those common things that said is like, you know, the five people closest to you are very influential in shaping who you are. Yeah, and I you're think, talking about you read an article on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? Those business insiders written on it. There's numerous blogs and articles. I think it was it Jim yeah. Rohr or Ron or something yeah. that kind of like originally said that thing. And um, it's not just the five people that are around you. It's also the environment that you in the, you're mm. in that also influences you. But mm. there is this reality that friendships are influencing who you become. Like I think about Absolutely. the fact, like we spend so much time together. Like we have some of the same mannerisms. Yeah, you know what I I'm know. saying. Uh, and same with Dre, same with Alex. All of my friends are super close that we spend like hours and hours and hours together. Uh, and I think about even, you know, being married to my wife. She's my closest friend in the world. You know, we share some of the same mannerisms because we've, you know, Absolutely. been married for the past five years. You know what I'm saying? And we do some of the things in the same way and say some of the same things and think some mm -hmm. of the same things. And, mm -hmm. and so, like, you know, when you're in close, deep, meaningful relationships with other human beings... You rub off on each other. Mm -hmm. uh, but the reality is, too, uh, because those can be positive or negative, right? The reality is we have to pay attention to certain things. I think one of those things mm -hmm. is that the reality is that if your uh, teenager is in relationship with people that perhaps you don't agree uh, they're the best people for them or you just know, like, yo, I don't really want them hanging out with yeah. these people, there may be a number of reasons for that. And a number of things we have to consider, I think one of them is this reality of uh, peer pressure, right? And so I think mm. uh, what we're seeing, especially in this generation, is like when everybody in the social space is doing this thing, and like it's like, hey, this is a good thing to do, then everybody else kind of dives in and does it too, right? Yeah. Or like there's the reality, the reality, the social aspect of being actually pressured into doing stuff. Sure. Um, you know, I think about the times where you know, especially like, so I played on a lot of sports teams growing up and all the times where I was pressured into doing things, mm -hmm. uh, 
pressured into using drugs for the first time mm -hmm. in college. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't necessarily one of something I wanted to do, but everybody was doing it. So it was just like, all right, I want to be left out. You know what I'm saying? I want yeah, to be that dude. For sure. And so um, I think about when teenagers are spending time with their friends, depending on the kinds of people that their friends are, right? They're either going to be peer pressuring them to do good things or bad things, right? Because I mean, it could go in the opposite direction, right? You could Absolutely. be, the group could be pressuring you to like make good decisions and challenging you in the decisions that you're making and all those different types of things. And so like mm. a teenager's friends can be massively influential on the decisions that they're making. Mm -hmm. Because if we look at our own lives as human beings, we can see how the friends that we've had throughout our life are massively influential on who we were and who we have become. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so I think peer pressure is uh, one of those big things. I think another thing is uh, fear of missing out, right? Yeah. And so and I think that kind of ties to yeah, peer pressure a little earlier. bit. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it a little bit earlier. But kind of like this idea of like um, basically sticking with that group or continuing to uh, walk down a certain path with them because of the fear of like, oh, what if I don't show up and then I miss out and then now I'm disconnected because everybody else did this thing and I wasn't a part of that thing. So mm. now I don't have the same language that they do and didn't have the same experience with right. them that they did, right? Like, remember, they like to, Gen Z likes to connect and value yeah. these experiences. So I don't want to miss out on that experience. I don't want to miss out on doing that thing together. Mm. Whether it's positive or negative, uh, I'm going to participate in it because what do I value? Like the relationships that I have with these people. So yeah. we're going to do this thing together and we're going to share this experience together, positive or negative. Mm. And then we're going to be able to talk about it, connect over it, um, all those different types of things. And social media really highlights that because you see what everyone's doing all the time. Hmm. So I think people before were like, well, I didn't feel that way about my relationships when I was a teenager. You didn't see what all of this stuff was going on. And when, like, think about this. Were you ever in high school hmm. and there was a party that everyone was invited to? And a lot of those people that were invited, you were with that friend group. You were with that circle but then you found out you didn't get invited or like, have you ever done this before? Been like, Hey, I want you, you and you to come, but don't tell so-and-so cause I don't want yeah, them yeah, there. Yeah. Like that's a reality with mm -hmm. all of us. Yeah. So take that reality and then amplify it by a million percent because that's what teenagers are dealing with today with social media. You see everything your friends are doing all the time and you really just can't hide it unless you're not going to post stuff to social but what happens? That stuff inevitably gets out because yeah, someone because someone doesn't care about your friend as much as you do, so they don't care. They're going to post it anyways, yeah. right? And that becomes the world that teenagers live or in. Or somebody posts a video of you doing something silly. Exactly. And so sometimes fear of missing out, like you were saying earlier, the missing out was a good thing. Mm. But because previous generations weren't getting notifications 24-7 about what was going on, they didn't feel like they were missing out. That's true. That's a good point. Because you didn't know what was going on. Because you didn't know what was you going on. So imagine if you have this constant feedback loop inside of your head going, no one cares about you. They're not inviting you to this stuff. And then you have to see it. And then you see all the people who were there and you weren't. Yeah, like that is the good. world kids live in. Yeah. yeah right? I mean, so if you're that. in it, if you're, and you see why people want to compromise to get in it, because sometimes that being accepted has a greater impact than being true to your values hmm. you know well i think and that to, to bring that point to a head i think being accepted is the primary value yes right 
So it, if it trumps everything else, then what values do you yeah, really have? Exactly. That's if that's the primary value, then it's like, well, throw everything else out because this is what's important. And that's why I think family is so important, right? Yeah. Because you'll see the shallowness of friends. You'll mm-hmm. see that. But the question will be, as a teenager, will you? Do you want to be shallow, or do you want to hold to your values? Now the difference is. Your kid's never going to get challenged on their values unless they have an opportunity to be challenged. It's true. And so in some regard, those things are good. But then in another regard, it's like, okay, if my children or teenager or whatever becomes a part of this group and I care about them having social acceptance, but I also care about them having their family values, as a teenager, the only way you're going to get through to them Uh in that is conversation and, to and accepting it with them. and navigating this it with is them. This is reality. If you shield them and then say, hey, here's the only values that you have, yep. right? But then when they leave and they see some other values and they feel like those are better, guess what's going to happen? They're going to get rid yep. of those ones and they're going to adopt new ones yep. or figure out ones that they want for themselves because they wake up and think, wow, my parents just like controlled me and locked me in a room my whole life and so I know, now I want nothing to do with the values <laughs> that they gave me, right? And what is social acceptance if it's not one of the most important things to teenagers? Yeah, right. Definitely, for sure. I mean, it's just that stage of life. Yep. You're still trying to discover who you are. You yep. know, am I into this? Am I into that? Yep. And then when you find a group of people who accept you, you're not always thinking about what you're into. You're just feeling good that you got accepted. Yep. And I think just to bring this up as well, to clarify, because I think a number of times we've used this idea of like the home, the family, or a healthy home. I think we would define that. Uh, as a space where like these open, honest conversations are happening, whether it's a single parent home or a two parent home or whatever, right? No matter how many kids there are, but there's this like dialogue happening between uh, the parents and their, their teens and they're open and honest with each other and connecting, building relationship, building trust, talking about things that matter, right? Sharing with each other, trying to find the truth together. Uh, and as a consequence, what's happening is both parties are growing, right? Yeah. Once again, it's a relationship. It's, it's the friendship, if you will, right. to some degree, right? It is. Uh, and so I think I think the thing for parents is that there's so much to balance here, right? And there's so much to really, uh, for lack of a better term, to have, have wisdom on, like know when to make the decision to do something and when not to. When is it good to cut this person out? When is it? good to just have a conversation when is it good to let my friend my my team go hang out with their friends when is it good not to right and just like navigating all those different types of things it's like it's going to be way more gray than it is black and white right sure but they've got to operate out of a set of values that help them navigate that gray space with their teenagers Mm -hmm. as friends come and go because i guarantee you the kid the friends that your kid has at freshman like as a freshman in high school are not going to be the same by the time they're a senior. Or a freshman Maybe one or two. And then, yeah, and then by the time they get to college, chances are they probably won't even talk to most of those people they went to high school with. Like, I think true. about, like, I talk with two well, people. Social media has changed that quite I mean, a bit, though. It has changed it, but at the same time, what are we talking about? Are we talking about acquaintances? Like, there's plenty of people true. that I That's can, true. like, I'm connected with. I can send them a message. I can check up on them. I can see what's going on in their lives without having a conversation with them. Oh, I wonder how so-and-so is doing. Instead of me calling them, I can just go on Facebook and stalk them. And, you know, maybe because yeah. I'm old, so I use Facebook. Yeah. Go and stalk them and see what they've been up to. You know, how many kids they've had, who they're who they're married to or not married. You know what I'm saying? What right. they're doing for work, 
what they're interested in. I can see all that stuff on their Facebook profile, and that answers all the questions I have in my mind about them anyways right. without even having a conversation. In some ways, it does. Yeah. Because yes, people the most post part. to social media that the is best true. parts of the their best life. parts of their lives for yeah. the most part. But and like, that's the danger. But I mean, when media. you have conversations with people that aren't truly your friends, that's what people do. Hey, how are you, brother? I'm great. You know what I'm right. saying? Everything's great in my life. Everything's good. And like sometimes I can see somebody's telling me this and I'm like, no, it's not. I know for a fact right now. Yes. Based on how you're communicating non-verbally, you're having a terrible time. You're just not telling me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I think the same is true even in engagement. What's like what's the thing that makes us break past that barrier? The fact that we're true friends. If we're actual right. true friends, then when I ask you how you're doing, you'd be like, no, nah, man, I'm having a terrible day. Here's why. You yeah. can actually say that to me and I'm not going to freak out about it. And we can actually have a conversation about it, right? Yeah. And you want that same kind of relationship with your teenager. Yeah. But what I'm saying is uh, mm. like friendship is crucial. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I don't think a lot of teenagers really stay connected to the people that they're in relationship with as a freshman in high school as they do when they're a freshman in college. Right. Like I Absolutely. said, I only have like two friends now from high school mm. uh, and like hardly any from college. Right. Like one or two. I mean, I met my wife in college, so I yeah. guess that counts as one. Yeah. There's not, there's not a ton, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And so, um, I think a parent has to weigh all of that stuff and navigate that stuff and try to, and kind of know, okay, like my teens interacting with this person, uh, I don't think this person will be around for very long. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Or, That's okay, true. my teens interacting with this person, it seems like they're really close. Let me investigate. Let me learn more about this person. Let me mm-hmm. uh, figure out who they are. Let me invite them in to be a part of the family, yeah. right? Let me give them a chance. Let me hear a story. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so now we're kind of naturally leaning into this reality of like how should parents play a role in friendships for their teens? Because I think parents should play a role, right? Absolutely. And I think like parents... So what we saw in the generation before, and I know I mentioned this on the last last podcast, was parents were extremely hands-on. And now what we see happening is that parents are extremely hands-off. Yes. Right? And so now before, it was like you couldn't do anything. And now it's like you can do everything, right? Yeah. And so I don't think either worked think out parents, super well, right? <laughs> yeah. And so there's got to be this balance that we find. I don't think parents necessarily intended that. No, for sure. I think it's the reality of like... Technology's taking yeah, us there. Technology's taking us there. Man, when I was growing up, man, my friend, my kid, my parents had me on lockdown. I don't want to be that type of parent. I think friend, yeah. I think parents like genuinely want to have friendships with their teenagers, right? Like I want to be their friend. I want to understand them. I want to do things together. I want us to like take pictures together and go on vacations together and all those different types of things. But then uh, perhaps the parenting piece gets thrown out the window a little bit too much, right? People get divorced. People die. Yeah. You know, people, life it changes happens. things. Yeah. It you changes know? things. So parent most most parents have intentions to be good parents. No, I agree. I doubt that there's most parents. There may be some. I agree. That intentionally want to have kids to abuse them. You no. know. Yeah, I agree. Most parent most parents want to positively influence and shape their teen in a way that's going to help them go on to be a positive contributing member yeah, to society. Absolutely. Right. And so uh, and that's what we're talking about. The things yeah. that you need to do, you know, with Gen Z to help that. And so I think a couple things that parents can do. Uh, I think one. You can remember the fact that you were a teenager. Absolutely. And all the experiences that you had growing up. Now, we all know that for most of us, we probably did some cool things and some not so cool things yes. as a teenager, right? Things Absolutely. that were like, man, that was a really cool experience. Things were like, man, I wish I didn't do that. Yeah. I wish I didn't say that. Right. I wish I didn't fight that person or, you know, 
damage that relationship. Or I wish or I did fight that person. Yeah, right. Or I wish I did whoop that person. Right. <laughs> right? Just thinking about it for the rest of your life, man. I should have. I should have given him those hands. <laughs> right. And so I think it's important to remember uh, that. Yeah, you experience stuff too, and then like recognizing, like, hey, you turned out okay. Yeah. You're contributing members of society. You got yeah. kids. Uh, you're raising them, doing the best you can to do so. Uh, I think it's also important to speak wisdom into your teenager's life, right? So I think there's a difference between like telling them what to do and then giving them wise counsel or advice. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so I think, and I think this is how conversation is such is so much of a better way to engage, particularly teenagers. So we're having a conversation. My teenager comes and they're like, "Hey, uh, what do you think about this person? Or what do you think about me dating this person? Or what do you think about this friend?" And as I just begin to ask questions and dialogue, well, hey, like, what is it that you're struggling with? Mm -hmm. Why? What is it that's uh, perhaps causing, giving you pause about this person? Mm -hmm. What do you like about them? What do you not like about them? What do you know about yourself? How does that line up with whether you should be friends, like really close friends with this person or not? Or, you know, like I talked about earlier, the potential for this to develop into romantic, being romantically involved, but should you be in a relationship with this person or not? And so I think parents really have the opportunity to speak wisdom and speak experience. Like you guys have lived way more than your teenager has. Right. But like chances are, if you have a teenager, you're probably twice their age, right? So you've exactly. lived at least double the life that they have. Right. And so you have a lot to share with them. Right. And so it's all about how we share it with them. Do we share it in a way that says, hey, if you don't do this, you're, you're an idiot. You're going to yeah. blow your life up. And I think there sure. are cases where that needs to be said. Absolutely. But that's not like... Every conversation, right? I think there's absolutely the, there's the extreme on both sides, that minimal where it's like, okay, like either, hey, you're crazy, don't do that, or whatever, man. Why are we even talking about this? Go yeah. enjoy yourself, you're freaking out. And then there's the middle space where it's like, uh, hmm. all right, let's talk that through. Let's 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 converse about it. Like there's there's some things that need to be discovered here in order to really figure out what's mm-hmm. best for you to mm-hmm. do. And then you can give them that counsel, like, hey, if I was you and I was in your situation, here's what I would do. Why don't you think about that for a while? Why don't you take a couple hours, think about Mm -hmm. it, or let's talk about it some more tomorrow Mm -hmm. or whatever, right? And so when you put that ball in their court and allow them to make certain decisions, right? So we're not saying like, hey, give them complete freedom to make any decision they want. We're saying, hey, create a box. Let them make decisions within that box. Uh, Whatever that box is you feel comfortable with as a parent, the limits that you want to set. Right. Um, And so I think also helping them see perspective through conversation so kind of like what I just talked about, the reality of like asking questions, digging in, asking them why they think that, why they feel that, why they think this person is somebody they should spend time with, maybe why they don't think mm-hmm. this person is someone they should spend some time with, like why do they have cause for concern or why are they like, oh, this person's the best thing since sliced bread. Absolutely. Um, and then there is also the reality too that you as a parent need to recognize it's possible that them interacting with the person they're interacting with may help them learn something about the world that's really important for them right. to learn, right? Right, right. And so it, it reminds me of mm. uh, the story you told me about uh, Andy Teal. Right. And so, like, what are your thoughts on that? Which part of this story? Well, just this, his friendship? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the first things that, just listening to you talk, I wanted to say was wisdom is the thing that's most important, I think, right now for Gen Z. Because the yeah 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 it's good. the reality is that your teenager is probably a lot smarter than you are, and I'm not saying that there aren't a lot of people out there 
who are intelligent and haven't done their academic rigors the same way that their teenagers have. But they grew up with a smartphone. They grew up with a smartphone. Take your Google. smartphone away from you and let's see how smart you are. Grew up with Google. Right? Just because you can Google something. Learn anything. That's knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. They can learn anything. They can get knowledge. But wisdom is really important. And many times wisdom comes from experience. And so learn, not learn just from age. Knowledge, right? Not just from age. Yep. So I think a fair dose of humility for, for parents is in order. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is for you to assume that because you're older, you automatically have more wisdom. You may not have had some of the same experiences that your teenager's friends have had. And so to think that your teenager can't get wisdom from friends or from other sources other than you is a bit foolish. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so for me, I didn't, like I said, I didn't have the healthiest of, of family environments growing up. But luckily for me, one of the most influential people in my life, and this speaks into the issue of friends, was my teenage friend growing up, the guy who's responsible for um, basically helping to set me on the path that that got me out of a lot of the negative things that I was on when I was a teenager. And it was his friendship that was so critical. And what I realized was this dude had been through a lot of stuff too. And there was a lot of wisdom that he had. Yeah. 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 And so for me, him inviting me, it wasn't just us being friends together. He literally invited me into his life as his friends. And what that meant is that I got his family as a result. Now, the cool thing about his family, and this is where I get a lot of my ideas, they knew that I was rough around the edges, and there were actually people in their life that told them, your son does not need to be friends with this guy because he's a bad dude, and he's going to cause disturbance in your family. Now, when I found out about that, that was really painful to hear. Yeah, I bet. You know, because I was like, wow, these people don't realize how important they their relationship to me is. But you know yeah. what else that hit me with? Hmm. Do you not realize how important this relationship is? You need to get your stuff together if you don't... You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hearing that from them, the parents actually had a conversation with me. I mean, I was... <laughs> the stuff I was doing with Andy, some of the stuff... To be honest, I, I did feel that I was influencing him in a bad way. Yeah. And his parents knew that as well or, or, or feared that or, you know, had wisdom, whatever you want to call it. And so there was a real conversation that they had with me. And that conversation was profound because I was like, wow, these people care about their kid enough to prevent him from having these experiences or these relationships. And it really showed me like, it showed me what a parent should do. Dang. And so that relationship was huge for me and Andy's friendship and, and, and all of that was huge for me. Yeah. And all I'm saying is there is the logic as a parent to say, Hey, protect my kid, you know, and they need to trust me because I'm older and I have all the wisdom. But then at the same time, don't underestimate the wisdom that your kid has mm-hmm. that they've gleaned. And then yeah. don't underestimate the value of your family values. That's good. They go beyond your family. That's good, man. And I think that brings to the last thing I was going to say, which is how can you allow your teens, close friends to become part of the family? Because the reality is if they really are close friends with them, they're probably not going anywhere. Right. So it's like, <laughs> if you it's can either real. push them out 
and then have an adversarial relationship with that friend. Absolutely. Right? Which then kind of puts you against, pits you against each other, which you really don't want. Right. Or you bring that person in, make them an ally, build a relationship with them, and then help influence them for the good. Or if they're already... Or vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Or if it's already somebody that you feel like fits inside the box of the values that you're trying to create for your family, then dope. You're in a good spot. Right. And now you have somebody else who's helping... Or they're at least willing to accept those values. Yeah, for sure. And so I think that's that's important. And so as we kind of uh, wrap up today, you know, as we always do, I'd like to share with you guys a little bit of Christian perspective. Um, Really quick, I think one of the most important things to uh, recognize here when it comes to uh, relationships, friendships in general, is the reality that uh, in any relationship we have with another human being, there will always be uh, a lack of satisfaction there. And what I mean by that is... Mm. As much as there's good in us and we do good things for each other and we love and care for one another, there's also the reality that we take advantage of each other, we fail each other. And that's ultimately what we're talking about here. We're talking about a parent using wisdom to balance those realities in their teenager's life and understand those things based on the experiences they've had and then help their teen navigate the reality that this is going to happen and know when it's just it's a person that cares about them that might be failing them mm-hmm. or a person that doesn't care about them that's using them, right? And so, like, knowing the difference and knowing when to, like, educate your teen into making a decision about it or even to have to yank the relationship away as a parent and deal with the ramifications of your teenager being upset, right? Yeah. It's just that that may happen. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately what we need to understand is that, like, people are broken and hurting and uh, they need to find satisfaction and contentment somewhere. Mm -hmm. But if every human being that exists has the same problem, and obviously as Christians, we believe that problem is sin, right? It's that thing on the inside of us that causes us to do things that we know we shouldn't do. And like, we all do that, right? Mm -hmm. I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I know I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mm -hmm. And so what we need is Mm -hmm. uh, somebody that we can find satisfaction and contentment in that's not going to fail us and someone who can help us deal with that thing on the inside of us that causes us to mistreat each other mm-hmm. and obviously as christians fundamentally we believe the one who does that is christ right yeah. he redeems he restores us he died for us so that sin could be done away with so that we could be reconciled to our creator and and put him in his rightful place because he's the one who gives us the satisfaction and contentment on the inside of us that we need to actually have mm-hmm good, wholesome relationships with people where we can, uh, you know, love because we're being loved. We can forgive because we've been forgiven. We can give because we've been given to. And so instead of looking at relationships as somewhere to get what we need, we look at them as somewhere we can give for Mm -hmm. the sake of other people. When you Mm -hmm. have two people in a relationship who are mutually trying to give each other, give to each other or outgive each other, you're going to have a profound relationship right that's going to demonstrate something that everybody in the world's going to mm-hmm. want and obviously as christians we let me i mean christians fail too uh but mm, obviously good, we know man. that there's forgiveness in christ and it makes me think about andy because andy was one of the people that you know really helped you like find relationship with christ right absolutely it was his friendship you know and that, and as far as a response a christian response on this i always felt like Family and friends, you know, in the Bible, there's words for love. And one of the the words in the Greek is phileo, for love, right? And that's kind of where we get the idea of friendship, right? I believe that's right, like friendship love, phileo love. Okay. And um, 
could be wrong on that. Some of the Bible experts might call me out on it, but I know there's one type of love that's that's predicated on friendship, and or the idea of what that looks like in the context of friendship. And what's interesting about that is, uh, in the Bible, Jesus calls himself at one point our friend. That's good, right? And I think to Abraham, he said that he was a friend of God. So you see God as Father, you see God as friend, and then you see God as helper in the Trinity. And I think sometimes when it comes to family and understanding that the first idea that your children, that your teenager are going to have about God is in the family, Mm. then you have to understand that there is the role of father, but there's all, and this is God. There's also the role of friend and there's also the role of helper. And so that doesn't mean that you have to be all three of those things, but that does mean that those are important things for what it means to be family. That's good. So maybe you as the parent can give all of that to your child, but the the harsh reality is is that you're going to realize at some point your inadequacies. And this is why other people are important. That's good. Right? Because really it takes a village. The Christian well the Christian concept of family is not just that I am born by flesh and blood into this group of people, That's but good. that my family extends beyond flesh and blood. That's good. Beyond race, beyond political leaning, beyond financial whatever. That this thing is a spiritual... This is why Christians call themselves brothers and sisters, because we're supposed to literally be family. That's good, man. All right. RLTK PHX Podcast, Episode 7 in the books. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Yeah, if you enjoyed it, shout us out on social, comment, follow. Yep. uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, RLTK PHX. That's where you'll find us. Yep, YouTube as well. Um, this will be on YouTube. It will. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We loved recording it. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace.